Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful rainy day in Los Angeles. You know, whoever said it never rains in Southern California was full of bullshit. Because <laughs> it's, r- it's drizzling lightly right now. Hey, whoever said that? Have you ever heard of today? Yeah. Because it Fuck is. Fuck you! Fuck you! Who was that? I don't know. Tony, 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 for one. Ah. I don't think they were the first. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm kind of like, I'm kind of liking this. It's kind of cozy. Mm-hmm. What do you say? We don't do the show. Mm-hmm. We go back to our houses. Mm-hmm. Spend a little time with Netflix. Just binge watching some Netflix, huh? Have some cognac, maybe. A little cognac. A Put on our pajama, our pajama pants. Just have a little us day, you know. Do you mind if I put on my pajama top too? Uh, no, I would prefer that you be topless but with pajama pants. I want to just like help you to maximum relax here. Can I ask you a question, please? If I'm not going to wear the pajama top, I'm going to go ahead and wear the bearskin vest. Okay. Thank you. Deal. Because that's how I get cozy. So, yeah, show canceled today. Just imagine us in vests at home. Brian, can you turn over the open closed sign? We're <laughs> closed for business. I'm just going to watch all of season three of Friends. <laughs> Would you say that's the best season? Oh, most definitely. I like any season with Burt Reynolds. Was he on Friends <laughs> Yeah, I like, the one, I like the one where Monica was dating Van Damme. <laughs> I watched an episode of Friends. Great. <laughs> Not long ago. I think. A few years ago. It was the first time I ever had. I think, I think with the addition of Friends to Netflix, I've been hearing more uh, of the sentiment from people, which I agree with, that Friends doesn't hold up great. Well, it sucked then. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hard thing to convince people of. That, uh, that it sucked then. Yeah, yeah. God, only. Oh. So yeah. So I think I think we're I think we're coming around. Can I say I want to say I want to sure. amend that sure. slightly because I do think Friends sucks now and has always sucked. <laughs> However, I will say that a lot of the stars of Friends are are really good at. Being yeah, on I mean, Friends. I think that's the idea is that like everyone in it is great at being on a sitcom and like did great things post Friends. And I think you know you of the you know kind of corny. CBS shows that are super popular now, that will probably be the case. Like, oh, these people were all great on this dopey show. Yeah. So, yeah, I think nothing against, uh, you know, uh, Jennifer Aaron, Aniston, Lisa Kudrow, who went on to do great things. And they're both brilliant. I think they're both really great. But, yeah, <laughs> Fred's is bad, and I'm glad we're coming around to that as a nation. So, Well, uh, anyway. speaking of our nation, let's introduce our guest on the program. <laughs> He's a real American. <laughs> He's probably the realest American since Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He's the host of the Probably Science podcast. Was he 45 minutes late? No, he was 55 minutes late. Matt Kirsten, how are you? God, sir? I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, yeah, does I, he have no regard for the dinner party I'm going to later? <laughs> yes, he does have no regard. Does he not know that this is my first date with my wife in like eight weeks? Oh, God, I feel bad. I feel so bad. I completely, I had it marked down. I, 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 was, all, I was looking forward to it for You're like weeks. You're saying that as though it makes I, it better and not worse. No, I was looking forward to it for weeks. And then I, and then today I was like, I was just pottering around the house doing nothing. Doing Like, I wish I could even say like, yeah, I was water skiing and fighting. <laughs> Like fighting off pirates or whatever, and you then were suddenly doing so little that you wish you could tell us that you had watched season three of Friends. Yeah. <laughs> what were you? What did you when you when you got the it's time to podcast text? What were you up to? I was walking from the kitchen to the living room and debating walking back from the living room to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> can you give us some pros and cons? That was a uh, Yeah, yeah, out. sure. Yeah, maybe we can help you. I mean, you're going to be back at the house eventually. Okay. You're going to this dilemma is going to come up again. What are some of the advantages of the kitchen? So, the kitchen has food sure. and drink in there. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, but I had already had some food and some drink. So you were, were you, would you characterize yourself as satiated? <laughs> so I was I would characterize myself as Having eaten a sufficient, well, like a necessary amount of food. Like I definitely eaten mm-hmm. enough food to survive for the day. Like I'm right. not currently hungry or thirsty. Right. 
however, potentially able to eat more food. Right. So there was, there was well, for one thing, there's always room for jello. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any jello on hand? I did not. So that was another thing. That was another factor okay. in my decision keep, process. Do you keep the jello, jello in the living room? Should I? That's where I keep my jello. Yeah, so it can watch TV. I've got so much <laughs> to learn about your country. Well, the thing is, is, is when you're gone, it gets lonely. Yeah. You know, so I like to put on NPR for my jello. <laughs> <laughs> so it thinks there's someone in the house. And your um, jello is kind of cultured. Yeah, Matt. Listen, I've got a dinner party later. Okay. I've got a thoughtless bottle of $10 Whole Foods wine that's going to kickstart this party when I bring it. So, you know. While I'm not there, they're just going to be sitting around going, where's this $10 bottle of Thoughtless Whole Foods wine? And you got to understand, Matt, a $10 bottle of wine at Whole Foods, 49 cents anywhere else. Say <laughs> <laughs> 49 cents, less than two quarter. See, the only thing I know for sure about cheap wine is cheap white wine, substantially worse than cheap red wine. Oh. It's my, that's my only wine tip. Cool that's, insight. I, yeah. If you're going to go cheap, go red. Trust okay. the man. He's got an accent. Right? <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I am cheap red wine's bad, it. but cheap white wine's unbearable. Guys, I've got something stuck in my craw. Do you mind if I do my signature segment, What's Stuck in Jesse's <laughs> Craw? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so uh, the Oakland Athletics, my mm-hmm. second favorite baseball club. Baseball is an American sport involving bats and balls. That's a sport. You would know. I know it as short cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot like cricket, but without a meal break. <laughs> and it, it ha- but it does still happen over five days, right? And it's, it's less likely to start a war between India and Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, my second favorite baseball club, the Oakland Athletics, apparently – let me give you some background mm-hmm. here. Sure. In the 1960s and 70s – and I know that you know this, mm-hmm. Jordan. This is more for Matt. Sure. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles had a star named Boog Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a, a for, I believe, first baseman outfielder, if I'm not mistaken, a, quite the power hitter. Right. That's a name that could only exist in America as well, right? You, and you know only that. on a baseball team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's not a uh, not quite a Hall of Fame quality player, but like a but nonetheless the kind of guy that uh, you know your dad might give you. Uh, baseball autograph by him because he met him at a special event at a, a used car dealership. So he was famous for be... something other than his name being Boog. Yeah, okay. sure. Okay, so the guy's name Boog Powell. Mm-hmm. Now, recently... He could, like an, He could be a convict slash folk hero. That's true. <laughs> yeah, <he laughs> like a Pecos Bill type. A guy, yeah. on a, a guy on a chain gang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or the guy who supervises the chain gang. Sure. And he's always got like a, what's that, a wheat stalk coming out of his mouth. Yeah, like either way, there's a good chance Joan Baez sang about him at some point. He almost <laughs> certainly has, there's like, I can't guarantee this 100%, but I'm pretty sure he's got a line of country hams. <laughs> <laughs> Also, boog might be something that, like, a grandparent says that you worry is a racial slur. <laughs> like, like uh, I don't know. I don't oh. know who that's supposed to be. Actually just means a good slugger. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good slugger. Sure, yeah. So, boog pal, legendary baseball Someone who hits player. a lot of dingers. <laughs> oh, Which is also something that your grandma might say any worries are. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Too many dingers in this neighborhood. Oh, oh. who is she talking about? <laughs> oh, it's baseball again. We're okay. We're oh, okay. Okay, okay, yeah. She prefers small ball. Right. <laughs> um, the A's made a trade recently, and uh, apparently, and I had no idea of this fact, but apparently they had a star minor league outfielder named Boog Powell. Hmm. And they traded Boog Powell to the Tampa Bay Rays, which I'm— So this is a—this is—he's not related to the 60s Boog Powell. Okay, so that, I'm glad you've touched upon that sure. because that's what's stuck in my craw. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> this minor the league baseball— The two men can have the same name? This minor league baseball star whose name is Boog Powell mm-hmm. is completely unrelated <laughs> wow. to baseball legend Boog Powell. <laughs> I think he was— na- Boog Powell is this guy's name. <laughs> And Boog Powell is the other guy's name. They've never met. Their dads weren't friends. They're not uncle and nephew. Is Boog a nickname? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's important. Probably, right? Because it's like two Sugar Ray boxes. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I don't think it's not just something that you pass out to any baseball player. Okay, here, <laughs> how well, many guess, boogs do you know? I, well, here's what I'm saying: if boog is like some sort of like southern nickname for Bobby or something, there being two Bobby Powells isn't that weird. Can I? But two boogs, which in turn is a nickname for Robert. Right. So, yeah, no, yeah. Right. Robert Bobby Boog. So Robert equals Boog. <laughs> Jordan. This is as complicated as Cockney rhyming slang. <laughs> My little league coach used mm-hmm. to call me Jesse the Body, mm-hmm. but I don't today. After the star of Predator, <laughs> but I don't Arnold Schwarzenegger today <laughs> star in Predator Predator films. Yeah. and go by Jesse the Body Ventura. Sure, that's the thing that upsets me. Here's what I'm just I'm. I'm wondering if it's a colloquial thing, like calling someone junior or. Well, I don't think it's a formal thing. <laughs> I don't think it's like calling. I don't think he's Boog Powell on his, Esquire <laughs> on his birth certificate. Boog. I'm just thinking back to like Senator Boog Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. I, yeah. I don't think he's got a royal warrant <laughs> for playing baseball. Just he's hit- the official supplier of baseball to. H-R-H, the queen. <laughs> Here's my question. How old is, uh, and what, what's the year of birth of the new Boog, and <laughs> when did the old Boog stop playing? Like, was the new Boog named after the, after the Boog? So, if the... In both senses. The main Boog Powell, the legendary Boog Powell, w- here's the thing. There was a football player named Wonderful Terrific Mons Jr. <laughs> sure. <laughs> His son, wonderful, terrific Mons the Third, played minor league baseball for the Braves. But they're related. <laughs> That's a family relationship. Sure. If your dad's named Wonderful Terrific Mons, you can be named Wonderful Terrific Mons. <laughs> if your dad's named Boog Powell, you can be named Boog <laughs> Powell. You can't just try and steal his I powers. Think, listen, I think I think we need to find out what the root of Boog is. <laughs> By the way. Teresa's pregnant. We're going to name the kid Oil Can Boyd. <laughs> so, the in in reference to your question, yes, the older Boog Powell, his career started in the early 1960s and ended in I think the early to mid 1970s. So I'm going to say that he's probably <clears throat> about 70 to 75 years old right now. But 73 says Brian Fernandez. But, but if if there's if there's a current player. Then that current player, I'm just going on like... He's about 20 or 21 years old. Yeah. Born in 1993. Brian's got all the information at his fingertips for once. It's not guaranteed, but it's fairly safe to assume someone who ends up as a professional athlete grew up in a family that has some affiliation with sports. Like it's generally, you would think that maybe the dad... Like the groundskeepers? Well, the dad has some, like at least an affinity or a fondness for sport. Sure, like he's like there's not a lot of kids who say that you know who have to say like fuck you dad I'm playing baseball you know they don't have to do it behind their dad's back yeah. maybe like, to, like you would you know join a band or do theater or something yeah like maybe maybe to go to the professional level maybe when that that's the point where the sure, parents I guess are like you go to college you, to, you get yeah, yourself yeah. a trade no I'm definitely I'm gonna be the first boog in professional baseball I don't right. well hold no. tight for a second <laughs> I can't say this for sure because I'm pretty sure that one of the guys from De La Soul has a son who's a college football star right now <laughs> so I'm saying that might have been a teenage rebellion on sure the part yeah of <laughs> Paz de son I'm gonna I'm gonna run away from the arts yeah. and toward sports yeah but I think that's um, that's not unfair Matt yeah so that would so you're saying he just figured my name is Powell. I could name my child Adam Clayton, mm-hmm. but instead I'm going to go with Boog. <laughs> <laughs> After the drummer from U2? <laughs> no, Adam Clayton Powell isn't that. That was a legendary civil rights lawyer. No. And uh, I want to say maybe also Supreme Court justice. Who's the drummer for U2? That is Adam Clayton. Oh, okay. But without the Powell bit. Gotcha. Well, I, have some more, I have some more funny name news. Yeah. Okay, great. Um... Anyway, sorry. Sorry, you just wrap, wrap this, this up. up. I have some more funny name news. Boog Powell, that's what's been stuck in my craw. And then the newlywed game music plays. <laughs> sure, that's the best choice. Yeah. Well, because, you know, what is a wife but a human that's stuck in your craw? Uh, what about this? Oh, yeah. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, we should definitely play the Imperial <laughs> March. Star Wars song. <laughs> um, How 
great would it be if that song had lyrics like the theme song from Star Trek? You know the theme song from Star oh, Trek? Oh, yeah, has sure. Lyrics? has some weird. Star Wars. Get ready for Star <laughs> Wars. We're shooting our phasers. Or is that from Star Trek? Uh, Yeah. We're using lightsabers and using the force. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. Uh, Name name fun with Jordan Morris. uh, I saw the third Taken movie last night. Uh, I didn't even know they made one Tekken movie. (laughs) I was Taken, Jesse. Taken. There's not been a movie based on the... Iron Fist tournament that <laughs> happens in the Tekken video games. I felt reasonably confident that if I said Tekken, you would be able to say some specifics about Tekken. <laughs> I, not I look... was leaning on you for that. Okay. Uh, yes, they are. They didn't make a Tekken movie. It follows the panda. <laughs> the panda, the fighting panda is the main character. <laughs> Kuma, I believe his name is. <laughs> Japanese for bear. Yeah. Played by Pablo Sandoval. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so the first, the first Taken movie is a pretty cool movie. Mm-hmm. Super watchable. Uh, directed by a man that has a European but not ridiculous name. How? What proportion of the movies that uh, What's-His-Face, the legitimate actor who's become the star of Taken? Liam Neeson. How, what percentage of his action movies have you... Uh, uh, partaken of? Uh, let's see. I have seen all of the Takens. Uh-huh. I saw A Walk Among the Tombstones. Une, deux, and trois. Sure. Uh, and I guess I've also seen The Gray. Did you see the one on the airplane? No, oh, nonstop. I kind of want to see nonstop. I heard that's a good one. I ha- I know. I've been waiting for it to come on the HBO Go. So what do you- Wasn't so he the in first- the Star Wars as well? Oh, he was in the Star Wars. <laughs> it's kind of an action film. Liam, Liam Neeson, he is Irish, but tries to sound not. <laughs> um, so, okay, so the first Tekken was highly washable. Yeah, because of the panda. Right. But when the perspective switched, then they started following the kangaroo. Right. And that's where it went to shit. Later, it, the worst was probably when it followed that Irishman. Yeah. Oh, boy, yeah. Who <laughs> was upset that someone stole his daughter. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely I think we've talked about the – We've talked about the gray. We've talked about the European to, to – European accent uh, – the European accented actor trying to be American and this weird, unplaceable thing they have. And I think the, you know, patient zero for that is Liam Neeson and Taken, the like – yeah, Something this, about ours. Yeah, that's right. I'm American, uh-huh. Yeah, pr- from Brooklyn. Yep, that's right. Grew up there. I'm wondering whether it's partly, and I'm going by both what I notice when Americans try to do British accents mm-hmm. and what happens when I try and, I'm like, I'm very bad at accents in general, but my main problem when I try and do an American accent is I jump between regions. So I like I can't stay on one. Like I'll I'll aim for like mid Atlantic, but then there'll be a little bit of New York in there, and then sometimes sure. it'll go southern. So you're going mid Atlantic. When you say mid Atlantic, do you mean uh, do you mean that you're going for like a Maryland accent, or do you mean that you're going for like a Cary Grant accent? <laughs> I'm going for a Cary Grant look, but a Maryland accent. Well, you definitely look like Cary. <laughs> you're Grant. doing a great job. You have his you have his easy elegance. <laughs> <laughs> But that's when Americans try and do British accent, particularly if they try and do a London accent, what tends to happen is they do posh vowel sounds but with working class consonants. Oh, okay. And it ends up sounding really – it ends up sounding really weird. So they'll do sort of rounded like give, – Give us an example. So it would be like, uh, are you going to the shops? Uh, going to the – it's like they'll do like glottal stops in there. <laughs> Could you pass the water? And it, it's like that wouldn't sound right. It would be water. It would be either water or water. It would be it would be a shorter vowel sound if you're doing a like working class, like Cockney or whatever accent. Do you mind that I've taken this opportunity to make noises while you're talking? <laughs> <laughs> no, I quite enjoy it. Okay, good. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I wonder whether it's sort of an overdoing and underdoing at the same time. And I yeah. think that's what happens when Brits try and do an American accent. Sure. Can um, you do what, – what is something that we could have Matt Kirshen say in his uh, American accent? Oh, uh, let's – Baron, I'm very bad at this. Yeah, well, that's the whole point. Yeah. So let's say um, – Give me a sentence uh, to say. Yeah, let's um, – you want a tailgate before the big game? We're going to pound some brews. Okay, this is going to say Distinctly American. You want a tailgate before a big game? 
we got to pound some brews. <laughs> That's terrible, right? It's just No, off. it's great. It's, it's great. It's I love golden. it. I want to pound some brews with that guy, right? Yeah. Just so you could just him. make him say more things. Sure. <laughs> he, may, he may have already pounded a few brews. <laughs> he does. He does sound drunk already. You're American. I mean, to be fair, Americans... It's, we're a drunk people. It's a little bit like watching The Wire. And you know how, I don't know, have you, have you watched The Wire? Uh, some too? of The Wire. So, like, on The Wire, uh, there are, there's an interesting group of accents. You have your British people doing American accents. The two, the two stars of the program are both foreigners. Yeah. Um, doing American accents to varying degrees of success. Now, Dominic West, horrible. Mm. Idris Elba, pretty good. Right. That was my understanding of it as a Brit watching The Wire. But again, Idris Elba, I think, lived in New York for a long time as well. There you go. So then the other thing, the other element on The Wire is then you have people doing generic African-American youth accent. And then you have a few people that they cast in Baltimore who talk in a Baltimore accent, which sounds like space aliens speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> like when when uh, Prop Joe is talking, this character on the wire, like you really can't believe that that's a real accent. It's as though you – it just seems insane. It's like hearing a new weird regional British accent that you've never heard before. Right. And like – you're like, wait a minute, why are O's pronounced as Y's and M's pronounced as X's? <laughs> but then other whole parts of words sound totally normal. Yeah, I can see that. That gives you that weird sense of dislocation. Yeah. And British accents so weird as all hell. Oh, yeah. Well, what's amazing is that you pack them in so tight. Well, that's yeah, that's what's ridiculous. You can go from – even like Manchester to Liverpool is about an hour's drive apart, and it's really distinct accents. Well, it's like the difference and between the- San Francisco and Lake Tahoe accents. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what Lake Tahoe says. Yeah, Lake Tahoe talk- accent is chiller. Yeah, it's it- like slightly more chill. All right. A little more chill. But yeah, that's the great thing. Like in Amer- particularly West Coast America. Mm. It's always funny to kind of ask, ask British guests this. Of the American actors who have tried to play British, who do you think is the worst? Oh, I don't. Um, I mean, the archetypal one's Dick Van Dyke. Like that's the go-to. Dick Van Dyke and oh, Mary, and Mary Poppins. Poppins. Okay. Like that's almost Mary Poppins. And I, I think like that almost. You know, the, like the way when a new celebrity appears, like or politician or whatever, the first impressionist who nails that person, like then every every other impressionist, sure. every other impersonator's doing like a version of that. Like they're not doing. They're Jack Nicholson. They're doing the Jack Nicholson that they've heard other impressionists do. I think Dick Van Dyke set. <laughs> like, I think he's like patient zero for the American. Oh, yeah. I mean, British I accent. definitely. I think I remember having to have a British accent in a high school play. Yeah. And just doing like, well, what's all this <laughs> then, Governor? You know, step like. Step in time, step right. in time, step in time, step in time. And I always have to say, like, backstage just to get yourself into the voice. And even though the character was not a chimney sweep, I always had soot on my face. <laughs> right. yeah. Just because I thought that's what British people looked like. <laughs> well, we do. It's, yeah. also, it's also that little touchstone, you know? It's like sure. you need something that's your in, right. so to speak. Yeah. Um, to the perfect accent. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, like, that's pretty bad. And there's a few bad ones. There's a few good ones knocking around. Okay. Uh, uh, Renee Zellger in uh, Bridget Jones. Okay. Superb accent. Really? Like, yeah, really, because it was a really specific British accent. It wasn't just like the, again, it was like the difference between someone doing general middle America or someone doing Chicago and getting it right. Right. Um, it's not just somebody that listened to the World Service for a long time yeah. and mastered the King's English. So either she's got a really good ear for accents or she worked really w- well with someone who specializes in that or both. I don't know. But that one was great. Can I tell you guys a secret? I happened to be looking through the catalog for the Los Angeles City College extension today, mm-hmm. and I really got interested in taking uh, dialect for actors class. <laughs> My, Teresa took a dialect for actors class when we were still in high school at uh, ACT in San Francisco. And it was so thrilling to me when she would be like, oh, hey, rah, 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 rah. and that's the accent that uh, that's the dialect that actors should have. Yeah. Why are you? <laughs> yeah, it's like a rhythmic thing. <laughs> right. You want to be able to feel the the, dia- the dialogue Jesse was specifically working on there was those aliens from Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> Remember those guys? Yeah, I love those 
those guys? Um, Gleep Corp. Yeah, I mean, that could be. I imagine that could be a fun thing for couples because you could bring the accents into your lovemaking. Ooh, then it's like you're fucking an Italian stallion. (laughs) Sure, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's what I. Or a guy from. I would ask her to do like a. uh, I guess what I'm like a Philadelphia Stallone. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's all the fun of cheating with no repercussions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all the fun of fucking Frank Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it's Frank Stallone that I want to Oh, okay. FYI. So that's just Stallone's less talented brother. Oh, man. I just saw a Joey Travolta record in an estate sale yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought about buying it. Very handsome. Not unlike John Travolta. Oh, sure. Less successful in the entertainment industry overall, I would He had say, a record, though. though. Yeah, he did was... have a record. Disco hits? God bless him. I presume so. Yeah. Seems like it. Probably disco hits from 1983. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my best guess is the okay. genre for Joey Travolta. Sure. Uh, okay. Oh, so the so the Taken movies, uh, we're still in. The, right. Yeah. The, this is still funny name news. Yeah. We've gotten a little diverted. That's okay. I think it's been a blast. Thanks. Uh, so <laughs> You know what? I give some of the credit to Matt Kirshen. Oh, let's give most of the credit to Matt Kirshen. Some of the credit goes to Matt Kirshen. (laughs) 40%? I mean, I made noises while he was talking. So half of his talking I get take credit for, and then all of my talking. Uh, Oh, so just a weird thing about- I make noises during the rest of your bits? (laughs) Oh, I insist you do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, uh, so the first Taken movie- uh, directed by a guy who has a European name, not that weird. You know, pretty good movie, over the top, but the action scenes are cool. There's some legitimate suspense. It's well made. Liam Neeson's great in it. The other two movies are kind of just these cash in it seems like they were filmed in three weeks. Uh, what? How does the plots differ? Uh, so, yeah, so the first Taken movie is... It seems like it's like if your dad wrote an action movie. It's like it's like a Liam Neeson's daughter goes to Europe against his wishes. He thinks it's too dangerous. Yeah, Europe is very dangerous. And at the airport she gets not at the airport, but at the airport she meets someone who follows her back to the hotel and so she's been in Europe for three hours so and the, gets snatched and sold into sex trafficking. So <laughs> this is like the proof of the cautionary tale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, exactly. Do you go to, is, is there another like one in the series where someone puts their arm out of the window of the car and it gets <laughs> snapped off? <laughs> it's, somewhat, it's, it's actually the second one is his daughter uh, goes swimming too soon after eating. Uh, it really cramps up. <laughs> CIA World Factbook, to be fair, yeah. if you read the CIA World Factbook, I think the ranking for most dangerous continents goes Europe – North America, Asia, South America, and then, of course, the safest is always going to be Africa. Um, and so I think it's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> I think you're right, too. I mean, just they should just, instead of having him say that, they should just show the CIA world fact. <laughs> I think so. I think the most dangerous continent for an American to visit is Europe. Mm-hmm. By the way, like, CIA, like, what percentage of the CIA's resources get put towards publishing an almanac. <laughs> I wondered that when I first learned about the existence of this document. <laughs> Mostly it's, you know, international espionage and so on, but we also, we've got a good publishing division. Yeah. Just collecting. You won't believe our maps. Very colorful. Yeah. <laughs> Little tidbits of information. Yeah. And that compass rose. Forget we also, about it. We also illuminate manuscripts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so the other two movies. Uh, so yeah, the second one is he uh, he goes on a vacation to some Eastern European country. Oh, the bad guys are all just these kind of generic tracksuited guys with their voice. You know, these are these. I am the bad guy in this movie. What's right. amazing? That was a perfect Bratislava accent. Thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I studied there. <laughs> um, Actually, lived there for a while. Uh, yeah, and then his. Daughter and wife both get taken in the second one. So one other – one additional person gets taken. He gets taken for a brief period of time and the daughter has to uh, locate him somehow through setting off grenades. (laughs) And the third one – and they say this in the trailer. She's a dolphin. (laughs) Right. It's It's a low echo location. And the third one – this is not a spoiler because I say it in the trailers. But he is uh, is wrongly accused of the murder of his wife. Uh, so there's less taking in this new one. Uh-huh. Um, no one is taken. No one is absconded with. They're no marketing one is it as the grand finale of the Taken trilogy. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so there could be more taking. I can understand Critique that. number one. Can I tell you something about – oh, I want to hear about the funny name. Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. So this, this is basically what I'm getting at is that like – so first one, respectable. The second two, just kind of these junky, poorly made cash-ins. Right. Uh, they – the name of the guy who directs these is pretty pretty amazing. I would say a real-life Cade Yeager as far as appropriateness. <laughs> Matt, for you, Mark Wahlberg's name in the fourth Transformers movie is Cade Yeager. Nice. The guy who just directed the Taken sequels, Olivier Megaton. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, not to be xenophobic, but that is the greasiest name. <laughs> Megaton. Yeah. Olivier Megaton. Oh, man. That name smells like a hookah bar. Do you think that's, <laughs> do you think that's just Gerard Depardieu's Sad directing name? name. <laughs> it's like what they, what they call him in the satirical French newspapers. <laughs> this is my pseudonym and right. shampoo range. <laughs> um, on, the, on the subject of uh, how dangerous Europe is, mm-hmm. um, I was at this delicatessen in Eagle Rock here in Los Angeles, in right. the northeast of Los Angeles. The Europe of America. It was called. Um, <laughs> it's a very European. Uh, oh, very European. Cobblestone streets, canals. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, oh, anal's. I'm sorry, not canals. <laughs> <laughs> anal's. And uh, it was called like original, famous New York deli. Mm-hmm. Famous original New York deli. <laughs> Delicatessen famous New York original. Some combination of those words. Um, Not famous at all. Mm -hmm. Only been open for 10 months. (laughs) That just sounds like a collection of words that you find written on a a T-shirt that's printed in English in Japan. That's what I think it is. I think what happened is he bought some overrun napkins Mm -hmm. (laughs) that were intended for some sort of Chinese restaurant in China. Not a Chinese food restaurant. A delicatessen. A New York-style delicatessen in China. They printed too many napkins. It went out of business. He just bought it and was like, okay. Oh, it'd be hmm. cheaper to register a new website for this restaurant than to actually reprint these napkins. So, Anyway, uh, for those of you who listen to the show for restaurant reviews, actually a really, really excellent food. Mm-hmm. I was, like, really impressed by this So you food. were just getting, like, lunch. You weren't getting... Yeah. I you just know. I just got some lunch. Okay. And you're uh, not getting meat for the week. No, but the pro- the proprietor is there. Uh-huh. And the proprietor looks like like he couldn't it would be hard for him to look more like the proprietor of original famous New York Deli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he looks like if Mario from Super Mario Brothers was on The Sopranos. <laughs> was he wearing a hairnet? Like, yeah, he was wearing a hairnet. His hair was slicked back. He was about five foot four, uh, <laughs> probably weighed 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he was basically, he had about, he was about the shape of a soup can. <laughs> he was wearing a white apron, and he had the most amazing conversation. There was this guy who was maybe 50 there with his dad who was maybe 80. Right. And uh, they were really enjoying their meal, and they're talking to the proprietor about how much they're enjoying their meal. And the, the grandpa there is from – he's from uh, New York, and he's like, oh, you know, I, he's, he goes, I could really do some damage here. He's like, they got egg creams here, you know, like mm-hmm. the whole thing, right? And uh, and the proprietor goes – and they say, so when would you open this restaurant anyway? You know, and the proprietor goes, eh, uh, they're like, did you did you come from New York or what? Did you have a place before? And he's like, I just got back from Europe. I was living in Budapest for a number of years. <laughs> what? Wait, hold on. Budapest? He's like, it's beautiful over there. Learn to speak the language. <laughs> I was like, okay. It's a beautiful culture. Hey. Hey, it's lovely. Did you know it's two cities, Buda and Pest? <laughs> They're on opposite sides of a big river. Anyway, that was great. That's my perfect New York accent. Very good accent. Pretty, ex- you know, I lived in New York for a while. Uh, that'll be it. I'm actually British. I don't know if you knew that. Well, I knew. I could tell. Well, you assumed, you're on the email list. I can see it in your eyes. You assumed that I couldn't be British because I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> That's you just made many assumptions there about me. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think the most. And this sticks with me. This is one of those things that, like, should not I should not still be mad about, but I totally am. Yeah. Is I remember being at a 
a theater arts party in college. Sounds pretty dope so far. <laughs> I know. Yeah, certainly nothing infuriating could happen at this. <laughs> and just hearing this dude who was like one of those dudes, just hear him say he's talking to someone and says like, um, you know, says like, he's talk, 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 says something kind of British and then says, oh my God, sorry, I was in Europe over over the break and I'm just a sponge for accents. <laughs> and I'm still mad at this guy. I can picture him. <laughs> Like, I think about it sometimes when I buy sponges, I think about this. Like, when I, like, go to the supermarket and get a sponge, I'm like, oh, remember that guy, that dipshit in college who said he was a sponge for accents? And I, like, get mad at him all over again. How how would you compare your level of anger at this guy uh, to the level of anger that you had at the guy who lived on our hall who always wore a pharmacy jacket with a big green pot leaf on it? I was kind of into that guy. (laughs) Yeah, that guy's, you know, guy's doing his thing. I'm sorry. I'm just. I was. I was in Jamaica over the holidays. And I just. I just pick up garments really easily. I'm a sponge for clothing. I'm a sponge for for logos. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second. I'm Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Brian Fernandez, Sonny D. Wait a minute, Brian. You're not Matt Kirshen. No, no. I'm Sonny D. Yeah. I'm Brian. Yeah, the, okay. The producer. Okay, okay. Let's get down to business. <laughs> First of all, Jordan Jesse Go coming live to San Francisco Sketch Fest in February. Buy your tickets, San Franciscans. Come on. Get on that. Mm-hmm. My brother, my brother and me is going to be alongside us. It's going to be a blast. February 7th, 1 p.m. at Cobbs, I believe. Mm-hmm. Cobbs Comedy Club in historic North Beach. And uh, I think we've got uh, Maeve Higgins as our guest. Oh, the delightful mm-hmm. Maeve Higgins. Does not get any more charming and delightful than Irish comedian Maeve Higgins. I think it's going to be a great show. Uh, she has uh, she has her own show on Irish public television, uh, which is called Maeve Higgins mm, Delicious Vittles. Okay. Pretty sure it's called <laughs> Delicious Vittles. That sounds Tasty right. Tasty Vittles is something Vittles. Okay. And it's like a- I mean, I think Vittles is the important in, in any in any title that has Vittles, that's the important word. It's like a yeah. cooking show sitcom where she and her sister like cook something, but it's not really about what they're cooking. It's like almost a sitcom, but mostly it's just about how adorable and hilarious Maeve Higgins is. <laughs> <laughs> but she is epically. Um, so, yeah, if you're, uh, if you're ever watching Irish television, uh, that's the mm-hmm. thing to watch. Also, speaking of food shows... <gasps> Our friend Brian Fernandez has some big news. Brian. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we have a new Max Fun web series coming out called Brian and Lindsay Will Totally Eat That. Well, we hope we have a new Max oh, Fun yeah. web series we coming out. We hope that we do. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. Uh, Brian is, uh, of course, the producer of this show. Lindsay mm-hmm. is the producer of Wham Bam Pow and also uh, works in our development department. Um, and in every episode of this program, uh, we throw some food at them. And then they have to eat it. Yep. We catch it and then put it in our mouths. Uh, we j- I just took a look at the pilot. It's about chocolate-flavored Twizzlers, Hershey's <laughs> chocolate oh. Twizzlers, uh, which were – what do you think, Brian? Uh, it's bringing back some memories of uh, waxy food. Yeah. Is it Twizzlers that have a chocolate coating or is it Twizzlers that have a chocolate <laughs> flavor? <laughs> it's chocolate flavor. Yeah, okay. there's no – it's all – it's th- consistent throughout. It's like people said, you know what I love about Twizzlers? The – Weird, gummy, waxy. You know, I think that is what people who love Twizzlers <laughs> like about Twizzlers, though. Yeah. Our friend Brian. I back think in they Business like Lane. the idea of eating a candle. Yep. Yeah, that's what it is. There is a certain. Some, I buy sometimes buy Twizzlers when I'm getting on a plane. Mm-hmm. There is a certain satisfaction in that weird kind of waxy snap. Sure. When mm-hmm. you and the fact that it doesn't really have much taste. Mm-hmm. So you can just kind of keep putting them in your mouth over and over relative to like a red vine, which is more flavorful. It's less of a food and more of just like an, a food item. Like it's just yeah. a food-ish item. <laughs> yeah, it's food-like. It's yeah. a non-poisonous substance <laughs> yeah. that if you want to, it can, you can be put ingested. In your mouth. Yeah. Anyway, what, we have one month to raise the money to make this show. Uh, our friends at Hover have a cool challenge grant, but um, – 
Basically, yeah, like this is a I think it's a really cool show. You can watch the pilot right now and watch the Kickstarter video. Just search for Brian and Lindsay will totally eat that on uh Kickstarter uh mm-hmm. or look for it on maximumfun.org. We'll have it up on maximumfun.org. Uh-huh. Um I am I am we made this pilot with uh, uh Brian and Lindsay, of course, and a whole team of really amazing people. Uh our friend Ben Harrison who directs put this on and mm-hmm. our friend Noe Montes who t- takes pictures at Max FunCon was the DP and well, yeah, it's a it's just just such a fun, silly, cool thing, and and we need to raise a bit of money to make it cause, so that everybody can get paid. Um, we're very proud of it. It's the first ever attempt at making video here at MaximumFun.org. So kick in a few bucks. There's lots of great thank you gifts. Um, uh, we've got a, like a refrigerator magnet that tells you all of your uh, conversion rates. <laughs> um, oh, a, a tote seat tote bag? Yeah, to- hashtag tote seat is the hashtag. So we made a tote seat tote, ba- tote bag. All mm-hmm. kinds of cool stuff. Uh, and, of course, you know, producer credits and you can sponsor. Mm-hmm. There's a website for every episode of the show. <laughs> uh, I believe. Those are real fun. I believe the website for the Twizzlers was chocolate.shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can sponsor one of those websites. All kinds of cool stuff. So uh, look out for it. It's really great. Also, one other cool thing is going on at MaximumFun.org. We just launched our our new pop culture chat show uh, called Pop Rocket. Brian, you were saying you were just listening to that. Yeah, I was just listening to it the other day or yesterday, I guess. Uh, And I I love it. I think it's great. It's uh, it's like a new – it's like different voices that I haven't really heard take on pop culture. And so it's it's really fun. Hosted by Guy Branham. He's really, really funny. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we all pretty much agree that Guy Branham is one of the one of the funniest humans. So yeah, it's great that great that he's gonna have a have a show every week. Can I tell yeah. you a secret? I not only think that Guy Branham is one of the funniest humans, but one of the reasons that I you know took him out to lunch and begged him to host this show <laughs> was that I also think he is a brilliantly incisive guy and a guy with incredible kind of cultural understanding and sensitivity. And I like I wanted I was so excited to have Guy because not only is he just super funny um, and not only is he very democratic in his tastes, the kind of guy who loves to celebrate pop culture. But like he's also a guy who can just drop an insight bomb on you at the at the tip of a hat. Yeah. One of the best. You know that classic expression? Drop drop an inside bomb at the tip of a hat. (laughs) Sure. Anyway, so go. My uh, mom had that crocheted on a throw pillow. (laughs) That's what I. <laughs> so subscribe to Pop Rocket. Go and watch uh, Brian and Lindsay's show. Brian and Lindsay will totally eat that. I think about supporting that Kickstarter, and we'll see you at SF Sketch Fest. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the voice of the millennial generation. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Matt Kirshen, also here. Can I <laughs> can I run a nickname by you? Yeah, I'd love to. Sure, please. What about Jesse Thorne, tomorrow's entertainer today? Oh, I like that. Oh, I mean, right? it, I mean, I guess that kind of implies that you can anticipate entertainment trends. Did you come up with that by yourself, or did the focus group suggest that? <laughs> uh, I hired I hired a futurist. All right. <laughs> mm. He's actually also who I'm going to be relying on for future entertainment trends. One thing is uh, one big trend is going to be like coming up with futuristic nicknames. Yeah. I'm going to, your logo is vastly improved. Thank you very much. I said it in that computer font from like War Games. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, uh, Jordan, you mentioned to me that I never talked about what it was like when I went to uh, Chuck E. Cheese's. That's true. I think we you 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 were talking about strategies for going to Chuck E. Cheese. I think if I remember correctly, I said eat before you go because the food's probably bad. Yeah, so I didn't eat before Matt, I Chuck went. Matt, Chuck E. Cheese thoughts? Uh, that's one of I, I want to go to one at some point because it's on my list of very American things that are probably terrible, but I should experience and probably enjoy <laughs> just for this just in a touristy way. Yeah, so you'd be mortified to be there, but I'd be like, this is great. This is everything I wanted. For- <laughs> <laughs> so in the UK, they don't have pizza restaurants aimed at children with robotic bands. No, we keep them separately. Oh, okay, separately. That's the wrong part of speech. <laughs> uh, it was a nightmare. Okay. Um, the, the parents of the child whose birthday it was Mm -hmm. are the loveliest people and they, and their daughter also, uh, 
once pushed Simon and he fell into a brick and had to go to the hospital. <laughs> and uh, they've been apologizing ever since. Okay. Um, which I can't, I can't seem to convince them that uh, it's time to stop. That's a thing that children do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. But they're such lovely people. Sure. And, you, and also, then, like, the more they apologize, the guilty you're going to feel when Simon avenges. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. And I, cause, because the, the girl didn't know what she was doing. And Simon, I mean, if you've seen some of these drawings that he's done, <laughs> he knows exactly what he wants to do to her. Hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Exactly. And it is terrifying. <laughs> it's actually like, it's like a Bond villain level. Like, there's a sawmill and oh, some wow. sharks. Sure. It is crazy. This poor girl. No, but her her dad. And he's are, typing all these up on an old typewriter, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Her dads are the loveliest dudes. They're that kind of like, like I don't know if you guys belong to uh, Kaiser, mm. uh, the uh, the uh, healthcare group. They're a real nice healthcare group, you know, an HMO that I belong to. Okay, and I belong they, to the role. Okay, and they got these, and of course, you're a follower of the Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I uh, I think the the dads are sort of like um, just imagine like a, a nurse like a nice male nurse mm-hmm. and then like a nice guy that like greets you when you cut your foot at the hospital like they're just that kind of real nice guy that wants to take care of you uh-huh. and they're so sweet and yeah the, I I came hungry. And there's nothing else for an adult to do there besides chase a child around in a circle. Mm -hmm. So I ate a lot of pizza and it sucked. Mm -hmm. And I ate a lot of salad from the salad bar and it sucked. Sure. This is something where you could – I'm just imagining like a little scoop of garbanzo beans. Yeah, exactly. It takes effort to get salad wrong as well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like particularly nowadays when you – like companies can just buy bags of the constituents of salad (laughs) and just tip them into the various trays. Not like before when they had to have their own farms. Right, Mm. yeah, like back in the day when you'd have to, you know, you'd... They bring a cow as well into the building, and sure. you'd go, "Yes, okay, that's fine." Yeah, and then exactly. they shave bits off the side of it, and so on. Yeah, well, you have to make sure that it hasn't gone off, right? Um, you know that it doesn't taste like cork. <laughs> so, um, so overall, I would say it was a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put a blacklight stamp on your hand that matches a blacklight stamp on your child's hand, so no one steals your child. Okay, <laughs> that's clever. Um, yeah, it's clever. It's m- probably, to me anyway, more terrifying than if they didn't do that. Okay. Because it suggests that child stealing is like a major consistent sure, yeah, sure. issue for them that they've had to come up with solutions. Either to. that or the kind of people who go to Chuck E. Cheese need to check which one their child is. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> or just, oh, it matches. This one's mine. Make sure. But also it's a good excuse to see if your child with. has come on it. <laughs> Put it under a black light. Um, the, oh, how was uh, how was the band? Did they just play the new stuff? So the band, <laughs> the band is so not interesting to the children. Mm-hmm. Not a single child had any interest in the animatronic band, and that's because they're just fucking playing that new album. We yeah. want to hear the hits. They want to hear the hits. I, I bet in one or two songs. I bet that I, I don't know how long Chuck E. Cheese has been around, but like, decades at least. Yeah, I bet when it first was a thing, it was mind blowing. Yeah. Like, because they didn't have robots at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. But now every child has its own robot butler that it programs. Right. <laughs> exactly. Jeeves. Yeah. AskJeeves.com. <laughs> yeah. It's a sort the of internet's robot friendliest butler. robot. What if AskJeeves.com just abandoned being a website and started being a programmable robot butler for <laughs> probably good. Probably good for them. So um, they, they were somewhat <laughs> interested in Chuck E. Cheese himself, mm-hmm. uh, which is a woman in a mouse costume. <laughs> Um, and there are these people. How could you tell it was a woman? These sort of party fluffers <laughs> that go from table to table pumping up the children. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, it's like if you just imagine a person that works at Burger King, right, being in charge of getting children pumped. Like they're completely overmatched. They have no skills. So no these training. are not. They did not hire like like these are not out of work actors who no. maybe have some like right. stage presence. These are like. 18-year-old fast kids. food employees. You're like 19-year-old high school dropouts. Okay. Who've yeah, just yeah. been given the instruction, go. Yeah, get them pumped. Like, this is not someone who's had some improv classes. They just give them a, a purple polo shirt with an embroidered you know, mouse on it. Mm-hmm. But one wonderful thing that did happen while I was there, which was uh, that at one point, uh, Chuck E. Cheese was 
was approaching the birthday party table, but the kids were kind of distracted and the parents were kind of like, oh, Chuck E. Cheese is here. You know, Chuck E. Cheese is here. You guys want to play with Chuck E. Cheese or whatever? And uh, my son, my son Simon uh, looked up and he, and he said to his friends, he goes, hey, guys, let's go talk to that big rat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that that made it all worth it. That was great. When he said, hey, guys, let's go talk to that big rat. <laughs> Hey, when something momentous happens to you, like uh, your child says, hey, guys, let's go talk to that big rat, we have you call us at our 206-9844-FUN telephone number. Um, did that sentence go in the order I was planning for it to go? No. Did I save it? Yes. Uh, 206-9844-FUN or email us at jjgoatmaximumfun.org. For momentous occasions, let's take our first call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and guest, and also hi, Brian. Uh, I have a momentous occasion I just got off the phone with my landlord, who is, uh, I'm not going to guess what sort of Asian descent he is, but has a very thick accent, and I got off the phone with him, and it must be just kind of one of those things that you forget about, but as he was hanging up, he said, okay, bye, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought I should call you and tell you that. Yeah, Uh, that's pretty cool. Keep it sleazy, and uh, okay, bye. Man, do you think hanging out at Chuck E. Cheese is is sleazy like Sunday morning? Oh, totally. Okay, cool. Yeah. Do you think they have mimosas there? Oh yeah, they should. They. I mean, I could see that happening. I could see like that being a new, you know, cute, cheeky, hipster brunch destination. I bet the mouse has some miniatures if you ask her nicely. <laughs> <laughs> or like a little hip flask. Oh yeah, a little little Sunday fun day at uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, keeping it sleazy. Like you got to know the code. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, honestly, I think that would kind of work if they had an adults-only, like, fun brunch at Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we, you know, video game bars are kind of a thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like video game bars are opening up. I don't know what the game selection was like at Chuck E. Cheese, but... Why specifically do you think you would go to Chuck E. Cheese rather than Dave & Buster's or uh, Ground Control? Uh... I guess because the it's mimosas, yeah the animatronic band. Right, if, if it's there's unlimited mimosas, yeah. The the animatronic band is playing arcade fire songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like I mean, like Hollow Notes, something like that. People would think was like cute and funny. I like Hollow Notes, Jordan. Me too. I don't think it's cute and funny. I think it's kick ass. Yeah. Well, some of it's pretty some bad. of it's cute and funny. But like, you know that song, yeah. Rich Girl. Yeah. Oh, fucking awesome song. But I'm saying if you're going in for that tone. Sometimes they Simon, would probably. Sometimes Simon says, "Can we listen to the band with the one guy who sings and the one guy who plays guitar?" That is all it is. Yeah, because he saw the record cover. Um, I don't know. I think that would work. I think that's a new business model for Chuck E. Cheese. What time are they? Are they just open daytime? Like Chuck E. Cheese, if they're mostly going for the kid market, presumably don't have a kind of seven to midnight shift. Oh, maybe that's better. Maybe Chuck E. Cheese after dark. Yeah. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. What do you get? What do you get in there? You get hard liquor. Yeah. You get strippers. Hard egg. <laughs> well, maybe this the robots take off their clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to like get a whole new well, set like, of employees. They still wear like pasties and stuff. You don't want it to be illegal. Yeah. No. No. A you lot want of places yeah. that have really specific robot nudity rules. Sure. Yeah. Well, in California, you got that whole you can't have nudity and alcohol. Yeah. Right. I think in, in Portland, place. the robots could be naked and they could serve hard egg. But they have to be vegan. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But this is a, they have to be vegan robots. <laughs> They can't eat other robots. I like this. I don't know. I think so. I think this is a new direction because yeah, they do have they probably have to close at 7 or 8, right? Do yeah. vegan robots not eat animal products or do they not eat metal? Yeah, they don't eat other ro- anything that comes from a robot. Yeah, so anything that's being produced by a robot. Oil. Okay. Cool. Oh wow, no oil. Anything that's leaked out of a robot. Oh wow. This is rough. So they can't eat like the body panels of a car. Nope. Uh, what else is And also no gluten either, but that's yeah. just because it gives them a rash. Right. They'd have to have exactly. iron supplements to make up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know that it's inflammatory? Gluten is inflammatory. I've heard that. Yeah. Let's take another call. Hey, JJ Go. It's David from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Momentous occasion. Uh, so, as I said, I'm from Milwaukee, which means it's winter, which means it's very cold. It's very snowy. It's very icy. It's driving to work on the freeway. Taps my brakes, and all of a sudden my car starts skidding. 360-degree spin on the freeway at around 40 miles per hour. The car next to me at the same time starts to spin, 
We spin around each other, come to a stop with his trunk about six inches from my driver's door. We look at each other, we wave, we drive away, and I go to work. Have a great day. Beautiful wolves. Yeah. Yeah. That's so thrilling, it could have been directed by Olivier Megaton. (laughs) 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 You think we could get Olivier Megaton to direct an episode of the show? You remember, like, in, in you know, in, like, the 90s when, like, shows would, like, do a stunt by having, like, a trendy director? You know, like how ER would get directed by Quentin Tarantino or something? Sure. Can we get Megaton in here mm-hmm. to direct an episode of this show? What do you think it would cost us? I mean, it would, uh, hopefully it would be something he would do for, like, the prestige. Right. This is know. a very prestigious program. Yeah. Just, like, kind of up his, you know, visibility with, like, you know, techie influencers. Yeah, give him a good chance of getting on the cruise. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Probably wants to go on the he Max Fun Cruise. He's emailing me about the Max FunCon Cruise. But do you think I should email him back? I haven't replied to any of his emails. Well, I mean, here's, let's... He's also, I should mention, he's also sending dick pics. <laughs> How is the dick? Is it greasy? Does it look greasy? Looks mega, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Does it look like it just wants to get his daughter back? <laughs> his dick has a very particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so just, yeah, I mean, let's just let's extend the offer. Like he's extended his dick. <laughs> I don't know if he's on Twitter or something. Maybe we can have everybody kind of get at him. Do you think he could get us Depardieu? Well, I mean, if he is Depardieu, as you have theorized, yeah, probably wouldn't be that hard. Do you think he could be an actor director? How many did you read that thing? Sort of like a player manager. Make like sure, <laughs> make sure if you do tweet him that you're tweeting like the Olivia Megaton who's directing now and not the one who directed in the sixties and seventies. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's Boog <laughs> Megaton. <laughs> Matt Kirshen, bringing it back. <laughs> the Prestige. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Oh, hey there, everybody. I'm Guy Branham, and welcome to Pop Rocket, a new weekly show picking over the pop culture we all love to love. With me to talk TV, film, music, and anything else entertaining are journalist Margaret Wobbler, academic, writer, and DJ Oliver Wang, digital strategist Winter Mitchell, and comedian Santina Muha. It's an intellectual and incredibly snark-filled discussion about pop culture by five cranky Hollywood 30-somethings. No name-calling, no rudeness, just straight talk and a lot of role-play. I'm only 30-something for another year. Me too. And I don't (laughs) tell anybody I'm 30-something. Pop Rocket comes out every week from MaximumFun.org. Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Matt Kirshen still here. Matt, it's been a joy to have you here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And sorry I was walking between rooms in my house. Best of all, it gave us a little bit of extra time to hang out with Adam. Our guest who's here, mm-hmm. uh, Adam, uh, paid $10,000 to Smile Train in mm-hmm. an auction. Brian's shaking his head. No? $50,000? He's mouthing $50,000 to Smile Train, a wonderful charity in the uh, Podcastathon auction, to be a guest here at our show. Uh, he's enjoyed um, taking a look around. He had one of the Satsumas that Brian brought. Um so it just gave us some time to talk about him and his weird lifestyle where he lives in Mexico but works in America. Okay. <laughs> I'd pay. Just I'd like pay. Sammy Hagar. <laughs> no, I bet, right? No, Sammy Hagar lives in America and he works lives- in Mexico. <laughs> he works at the Cabo Wabo Cantina, right? I think Sammy Hagar lives in a blip that's constantly orbiting. <laughs> I can tell you for a fact he lives in Marin County. He does? And sometimes shows up at shows at the Throckmorton Theater. No. Sammy Hagar shows up at the Throckmorton? Yep. Because he thinks Dana Carvey might be there. I think they're buddies. Does he, like, (laughs) sit in with whatever band is playing? That I don't know. Okay. But I've been at least one comedy show at the Throckmorton where... He's... Well, he's not stopping in to do comedy, is he? No, he's just to hang out and be Sammy Hagar. Oh, okay. What are you doing at the Throckmorton? Doing comedy. It's a great place in to Mill do. Mill Valley? You're just up there hanging out in Mill Valley, California? It's a great place to perform. What are you doing in Mill Valley? Shopping at the Banana Republic? 
yes. <laughs> Until I found Wild out there was one in LA as well, Wild and then I stopped there. going there. <laughs> it's a little bit of a commute. I mean, to be fair, Mill Valley is where my mother-in-law lives. Well, there you go. And it is where she saw Huey Lewis at Pete's Coffee once. Now, is that why they call it Nagtown? <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesse's mother-in-law is probably lovely. <laughs> this is a joke about the idea of mothers-in-law. Oh, I thought you were pointing out the fact that she's a female horse, which is true. She is a horse. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, my wife is half horse. Huh. Also, excellent pluralizing of mother-in-law there. Yeah, mother's... Her father is a zebra. <laughs> she's one of the zebra horse combinations. Is mother-in-law like... It's like Courts Marshall. Yeah, right, sure. <laughs> Oh, Matt Kirshen. He's from a foreign country, but he does voices. <laughs> <laughs> let's have Matt say something else in an American accent before we Oh, go. yeah. What's something else? Let's Why not? Why not further? He might get me. We already talked about football. What else is there? Well, there's military hey, aggression. How about that? How about right. this? How about this? Can I get a side of ranch with that? Up top, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can I get a side of ranch with that? Up top, dude. No, okay, now do it again, but do do an American voice. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty British. <laughs> that one you weren't even trying. I was trying. Well, I was trying not to overtry. Okay, let's do our credits here. I'll give them to you one line at a time, okay? All right. Uh, our producer is Sonny D. Brian Fernandez. Our producer is Sonny D. Brian Fernandez. That was okay. That's good. I, it fell apart a little it's bit. Kinda newsies, kinda newsies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of newsies. It's kind of newsies. Yeah, that's right. Our theme music is Love You by The Free Design. Our theme music is Love You by The Free Design. <laughs> that's just my voice now, but deeper. <laughs> now, uh, uh, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. All right. Courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where it goes to a different right. region. Yeah, that's right. From Brooklyn. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, can you do this next one in an American accent? Do you I'll do, do I'll do, do, do I'll do accent? I'll do Liam I'll do it Liam Neeson doing an American accent. Okay. Uh you can join us on Reddit at maximumfun.reddit.com. Yeah, you can join us online at maximumfun.reddit.com. Uh-huh. Yeah. In, in, That's right. In our, in our forum at forum.maximumfun.org. Yeah, in our forum at maximumfun.org slash forum. And don't forget to back Brian's Kickstarter for Brian and Lindsay will totally eat that. Yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. Back Brian's Kickstarter. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And check out our new show, Pop Rocket. That one, too. <laughs> Give me back my daughter. <laughs> That's it. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.